At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week we cover news and events from the week that was in Lucha Libre, discussing Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, PodBay Speaker, and more. And don't forget our partners at TheChairShot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And let me bring in the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Miranda? I am doing great. And, of course, it is my honor and pleasure to bring in the third member of this trio, and that's who? 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 Birthday who? Birthday, yes. Yes, it's the one and only Brendan Barr. Hey. Thanks for bringing up the birthday. Yeah. For those of you who did not know or don't follow Brendan on social media, even though you didn't really put it on social media, I think everybody else did. Yeah, yeah, it was the rest of us. (laughs) It it was Brendan Barr's birthday this past week, so feliz cumpleaños a ti. Thank you. Yeah, I was busy being sick, so hopefully I get to do something cool this weekend. Uh, yeah. You know, some sort of lucha thing this weekend would be great. It would be. Uh, what what uh, what is it a weekend without something lucha related? Right. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> something I don't like to think about personally. That's a world we don't need to contemplate. It's, yeah, it's a world we don't need to worry about. But. Uh, but we are here for this week's episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. We did have a little bit of a break last week, uh, as Brendan alluded to himself, and we all at one point were somewhat sick. <laughs> so we weren't able to record, uh, but hey, you go with the flow, and we are back this week. So we are going to kick it off with News of the Week with Brendan. Which is going to wind up being kind of like news of the two weeks because of the news of the weeks, <laughs> the plural weeks, the two weeks. Yeah. 
Um, so last week CMLL was going to start rolling out shows again. They were, they, uh, uh, so by this point in time, by the time this is hitting your ears, in theory, all of CMLL's normal shows that they do in Arena Mexico, Puebla, all of those, they should be back up to running normal shows, uh, with slightly reduced attendance probably. They didn't specify whether there was going to be attendance or not, but as many of you may remember, CMLL had not been running shows. They had closed down for a while, and it turns out for pretty good reason. CML announced that they had around 20 positive COVID tests among wrestlers and staff. That's a lot. <laughs> like, if if it were just all wrestlers, that's that's more than half of your card. Um, but you also add in its production staff and all of that. That's a lot of people. So, very sound choice to have shut down. By now, they are back up and running. Uh, there are some results that have that did happen this week. Uh, again, I will be doing. Results for CMLL in upcoming weeks, but because we were trying to, we're gonna try and keep this tight and focused this week, I'm not gonna focus too much on it until we get lots of CMLL built up again. Um, however, speaking of CMLL and returning to wrestling and all of that, uh, Mascara Dorado was in the news cycle a lot in the last couple of weeks. Uh, he was announced for GCW February 4th. In Houston, the 19th in Atlantic City, and the 25th in Los Angeles. Uh, so those are the first announced post-WWE bookings. Uh, Lucha Blog, uh, Cubs fan over at Lucha Blog, has mentioned that no one seems to own the trademark on Mascara Dorada in the U.S. So that is probably the name he'll use. Uh, as it is somewhat recognizable to U.S. fans, and it's very recognizable to Mexican fans. That's, uh, I had a hard time calling him Grand Metalique. <laughs> once in a yeah. while, I'd say Mascara Dorada. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah. it's just, yeah, that's his name. <laughs> Although it does look like he may be, uh, working on angle to, to have a CMLL return as well, because they also announced that he and Negro Casas and Mystico are going to be, uh, in a Mucha Lucha show on, March 6th in Atlanta, and since those are all CMLL guys, none of them are AAA guys, they're not breaking the forbidden door rule here, that means that he's still eligible by CMLL's uh, high standards to to do shows for them, so uh, if he's in good terms, and I don't see why he wouldn't be, he left on a good note, uh, he was a major draw for them when he left, and uh, he probably will be if he comes back, so... Uh, all around interesting stuff. Lots of speculation. We can start seeing him as soon as next week by the time you're here in this show. So uh, we will be keeping an eye on that because he was my favorite member of the Lucha House Party. <laughs> so I'm always going to be doing that. And uh, if he's anywhere on the West Coast, I might find a way to go see him live. Um, also... GCW's been announcing more Lucha action. They had a little bit over this past weekend, but uh really looking to the future is the bigger story here. They announced Dr. Wagner Jr. against Joey Janela also uh in February, early February the 5th. That's going to be in Dallas. 
that's the most GCW match I've ever heard. Of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, well, I mean, yes. you think of who's going to wrestle Dr. Wagner Jr. Joey Janela is right? not the first name that comes to mind. Not, not at but all. But once you hear it, you're like, hmm, interesting. Nope. Let's see how this plays out. Exactly. I think <laughs> you've that's, seen, what, that's you, what it is. You've seen him hit, yeah. You've seen him hit people with hammers, you know, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's nothing that has happened in his feud was particularly with Blue Demon will is not off the table with Joey Janela. So, yeah, yeah. it could be very um, the, and but more in what I was expecting and, and things that are like, what would they do and what would GCW do with Dr. Wagner Jr. is the other match, which is uh, against Homicide in Los Angeles. Oh, that's so, so hyped for that. <laughs> that's like, ridiculous. Mm. That gets me hyped. That yep. is the one. <laughs> I, I mean, and when I talked to him before, when he came up here for Defy, he said he was trying to check off his list. He didn't mention Dr. Wagner specifically, but there is no way this was not on his list. Yeah. Oh, my so. gosh. Had to be. <laughs> Well, and he just was inducted to the Indie Hall of Fame, Indie mm-hmm. Wrestling Hall of Fame. You know, it's well deserved. A, yeah, yeah, it's it's big week for Homicide. Uh, so yeah, that that uh, I'm just gonna keep keep it moving. That is a big week for him. Uh, he's not in the news cycle as much. I was trying to, I was keep that was this was originally about Mascara Dorada. <laughs> we got off <laughs> of wonderful tangents about GCW announcing people. Um, uh, then, uh, Republic of Lucha has announced they're going to have a one year anniversary celebration on March 19th. So those of you who don't remember, Republic of Lucha is the Lucha Brothers, uh, retail brand, I guess is the best way yes. to put it. It's a, yeah, it's, it's kind a, of their store and museum. It's, yeah, it, that's what, where it gets confusing is it is also part museum and, uh, it's their, their kind of, uh, public arm for communication too, like the Lucha Bros don't have their own official Twitter. They have the Republic of Lucha and their individual accounts. So, but yeah, so they're going to have their one year anniversary uh, and it's going to include a bunch of cool names. Uh, the, some, some guys named the Lucha Brothers, of course, um, Taya Valkyrie, John Hennigan, Black Taurus, Ray Orus, Dragon Lee, Dralistico, Ares, Thunder Rosa, Jacob Fatu, Dante Martin, and Zokre. Like, I mean, Zokre is the deep cut for those of you that are listening to it. I think everybody kept up with the list up until the end, but, uh, you, you'll be excited to see him too, I guarantee. Uh, so super exciting to have that. That's, uh, Republic of Lucha in California, March 19th. Uh, it's a, a West Coast thing, depending on what COVID looks like. I might find my way down there. Uh, someone from Mass Republic is probably going to be there. So hopefully we get results for you from that. But, uh, that's kind of the big news we've got going forward right now. Uh, the, uh, the, 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 the indie shows are going to, are starting to quietly ramp back up. So, uh, this week we're going to focus on one indie roundup match. And, uh, once I tell you what it is, everybody will be like, of course those guys are talking about that match. <laughs> it's our show, we do what we want. <laughs> There's no yeah. way we could not talk about this. This was, this was a huge, I mean, it, technically it's a rematch. But so for the Indie Roundup, last week, uh, Zicky Dice hosted his, uh, 
Outlandish Paradise show, I believe was the, the yes. official title. Yeah. And there was a number of really hot indie matches on it. Like, if you are an indie wrestling fan, you, you knew about this show and you were probably watching it for one of the many in-demand matches. But the one we were all hyped for on this show was Taya Valkyrie versus Thunder Rosa. Uh, and, and this match did not disappoint. Like, uh, I, I, they've met at least three times that I'm aware of. I found, I found a couple matches of them in Germany of all places. So mm-hmm. like, you know, having to go all the way over to the German promotions to see those two wrestle is kind of weird to me, but I'll take it. And of course, uh, Lucha Underground, although it wasn't Thunder Rosa at the time, it was, uh, Cobra Moon. Uh, and then, so, and the, this is the, the third one that I found a lot of footage of, uh, and this is, it was a good match. They, they went, uh, a little bit hardcore, as you would expect with these two, with, uh, Thunder Rosa and Taya both having kind of an MMA background. They were not afraid to punch each other. Uh, there were, I was disappointed at the lack of cookie sheets, but it wasn't a triple A branded event, so I guess that's okay. <laughs> um, all in all, it was it was a fun match. Did either of you guys get a chance to to watch this one? I have not yet. Yeah, I need to, I. but that's, yeah, that's I have a busy week. That's totally fine. I am going to to recommend one thing for for the the fans of this potential matchup here, which is watch this before watching the rest of the card. There is another match on the card that has a similar finish, uh, which I feel. Uh, did not do this match justice. So if you watch this match first and then you watch the rest of the card, I think you'll enjoy everything better. Uh, but you had, uh, you, you, you did have Thunder Rosa come out on top on this. She reversed Taya doing uh, one of her big signature moves, came up with a sudden pin, very exciting finish to the match that does not in any way compromise the integrity of the whole match like knowing the finish just makes made me want to see it more like I, I enjoyed I enjoyed this match that much so uh there you go that was uh it's available on YouTube uh Zicky's already put it up on YouTube it's uh if you follow Zicky Dice on Twitch the, the rebroadcast of the stream is there uh and uh I think by now they've even put it up as its own match on YouTube but uh, is free, so no reason to go to not go out and watch it if you haven't seen it yet. But the- uh, thank you, Brendan, for news of the weeks of these past <laughs> weeks and Andy Roundup. Uh, do not forget, yeah, check out that Thunder Rosa uh, Ty Valkyrie match on YouTube. Ziggy Dice, who knew? Uh, He's the, got a head for the business. It tells yes. Me. Yes, he's a smart man, especially putting it up for free for all of us to be able to watch. Yeah. Uh, good, good stuff. Well, up next, we are going to kick it to Denise Salcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. 
Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live is WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central weekly podcast. One in English y el otro en Español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and pro wrestling revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at Lucha-Masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. And as always, a big thank you to Denise Salcedo bringing us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. Well, we got a lot to cover this week so in, in our promotional news, so we are going to get started with this week in AEW with Dusty. Yeah, it's a little bit this week in AEW, a little bit last week in AEW, kind of like the news was. But first up, we had Jurassic Express defeating Dark Orders, John Silver and Alex Reynolds on the January 14th episode of Rampage. I felt like Jurassic Express had to work a little too hard to dispatch a tag team that they were obviously beating, like we knew they were going to win before the match ever started. Titles mean something in AEW, and the Silver Reynolds team isn't exactly known for picking up a string of strong wins. It was a good match, but it wasn't a great match. Although I do love the focus on tag team main events on Rampage. They give us at least one every month. I like that. I'm a big fan of tag team wrestling. So I'll give the thumbs up to this one. 
On the January 19th episode of Dynamite, we found out that Andrade has purchased a 51% controlling interest in the Hardy family office. And I don't know where this is going, but I like the idea of TH2. Yeah. Andrade and TH2 is, I'm, I'm in for just that part yeah. right there. Yeah. I want to see him dressed like Andrade in the suits. I want to see him wearing the somber masks like his, yeah. Sicarios in the back. The Hardy yeah. Family business. Like, how does you know? Is well, it a now pro- it's the A H A H F O, the Andrade <laughs> slash Hardy family office. Oh my god. <laughs> what? Okay. Um, I'm just gonna. I'm it's, gonna... it's still not NXT. The idea <laughs> of Andrade with private party I'm... and PH2 is like his supervillain squad, though. Like, I could get behind that. Yeah, I can't get behind that. Well, well, is that what they're gonna do? That's where I feel doubtful. Uh, yeah. I feel like the the purpose of this is to somehow turn Matt Hardy face and have him join Jeff Hardy and be a face tag team and bring mm-hmm. Team Extreme to AEW and yeah, I mean all that stuff. I think that's what's gonna go on. Maybe I'm I'm wrong, but no, even I, if that, I think you're right. I think that's where they they want to take it. But and if he turns face, he's gonna turn on Andrade because mm-hmm. like they've got this weird dynamic and. Honestly, like, as much as I don't necessarily know that, you know, the Hardy Boys is going to be hot in 2022, maybe, but Andrade being, like, the villain of it all is great. That's great placement for him. Yeah. And, I mean, we've wanted them to do something with him. It's a natural fit, given the current circumstances. He He's also still really interested in buying Darby Allen from Mr. Stink. That, that was also in the promo. <laughs> So, I mean, he's not just trying to buy his way into the Hardy family office. He'll buy anybody. He's buying a faction. Yeah. Yeah. Putting together his crew. And, and and we still have to hope every week that that means that we could see some of those LFI guys show up at some point. Just. Oh, it'd be so cool. I, I am, I am in no way thinking that that's in the near future, people. Yeah, with COVID restrictions, (laughs) it seems unlikely in the immediate future. But as far as possibility in general, I think that it's a very open possibility. There's been a lot of discussion that New Japan, Dave Meltzer reported that New Japan really wanted AEW for the third night of Wrestle Kingdom. And Mm. because of COVID restrictions, it didn't work. So he's going to look into their they're looking into Tony Khan's looking into doing it next year if it works out. And so if we could get that big AEW New Japan Super Show, I think the reunion of LFI is just inevitable. Mm-hmm. Oh, and man. Very exciting. <laughs> we also had Dark this week, Wheeler Yuta versus Pinta. This was one of the best matches on Dark in quite a long time. Really good. Both guys got in their good stuff, you know, all the the offense. But Penta is obviously ahead of Wheeler right now. He's just been around more. He's been everywhere there is. He's wrestled everywhere. He's got the good stuff. He got the win with the fear factor. Great match. Best match on Dark in a while. This was taped before Dynamite, not in Florida at the... AEW Dark Zone or whatever they call it. So it was a little more exciting. It was still a shorter episode, which they've been doing lately, more accessible. Dark's getting a lot better. If you haven't been watching Dark lately, check that out. But the main thing we want to talk about, Sammy Guevara defeated Cody Rhodes in a ladder match to become the first 
undisputed TNT champion in AEW history. And the match was just insane. It was unbelievable. It was one of the best matches I've seen in a long time. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on everything. It really elevated Sammy to being a legitimate main eventer, but so good. For all the complaints about Cody, he went out of his way to take some really gnarly bumps, and it just made Sammy look like a star. We've always known he was a star. We've mentioned that a lot on the podcast, but this was the first time AEW showed you this guy's moving up. He's going to be a main eventer. We've always kind of seen the pieces of it, but this was the first yeah. huge sign. There were two huge spots, big spots. I think everybody's seen them now. There was a GTH with Sammy jumping from the top of one ladder to grab Cody, who was on the top of a second ladder, and they both fell to the mat. It was unbelievable. The second huge spot was Cody laying prone on a horizontal ladder, and Sammy hit a Swanton that didn't break the ladder but made him hit Cody oh, so hard. He so brutal. Oh, no. <laughs> Cody, the, he, he looked, yeah. <laughs> Sammy bounced off of Cody. Like when he hit him, he bounced off of him. He yeah. got air. He and got like two feet of air. Yeah. yeah. It looked painful for Sammy too, but it was an incredible spot. The finish saw Cody and Sammy at the top of a ladder, but Sammy was just faster and a little meaner. And he unfastened the belt and then he hit Cody with it, jumped down, grabbed the belt Cody had been trying to grab and became the undisputed TNT champion. This was really the epitome of what we call a 20-minute classic. You know, we talk about what's well, you know, it would be yeah. nice if they got a 20-minute. They got a 20-minute classic. This could have easily main-evented a pay-per-view. Yeah. Great, great match. Uh, I We kind of touched on this in the review. We touched on it before. We've said Sammy's going to be a star, but this, like, it's so obvious now. Like, this yeah. is how you make a star. and. And there's a lot of complaints about Cody, but on three of the four, what they call pillars of AEW so far, he's lost the feuds with them. Yeah. So there's a lot of interesting dynamic going on there. And Sammy. He does, he does seem to be very much more interested in using his position to elevate these younger people that more, much more so than the young bucks. Uh, and, absolutely. Yeah. Cody is one of the most selfless. Everybody always says things like, LOL, Cody wins. And it does feel that way a lot of the time. And But it's usually against a more established wrestler. When it's one of the younger guys, especially a younger guy that's an AEW guy, he's really giving and you know does what he can to kind of build them up in a way that we just haven't seen from like Kenny Omega, for instance, or the Young Bucks. or I mean, yeah. it's just, yeah, it's... The selflessness of it is unusual. And in Sammy winning, and there was also a trios match with uh, Chris Jericho and the Proud and Powerful versus 2.0 with Daniel Garcia. And we're seeing the implosion kind of, or not necessarily the implosion, but maybe the the hiatus of the inner circle. These guys are kind of, it feels like the band is taking a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's what they need. I, I like I say, I really think Sammy's going to be a main event guy. I think he's soon. I mean, I think we're going to see him in main events going yeah. forward. Mm-hmm. But I think he's also ready to move up into the world title picture. I would take him legitimately as a contender against Hangman Adam Page for sure. And, well, and that's a match that I think the fans would enjoy watching. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. 
mean, they, they've so, got a lot of options on, go ahead, sorry. Uh, I did want to point out, I felt like the reason we had, uh, we're having just now getting to this is we, we had a delay back when you had the, the Sammy concussion issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think that is, uh, that, that is where we, he was he, probably being primed to move up at a slower pace to wind up where he's at now. And instead now we're getting, they're strapping a rocket to him because he lost some of that time. Well, and the fans <laughs> just love Sammy. They do. Like, <laughs> I, I've been to a couple of dynamites in person and you see it on TV and you're like, wow, they like Sammy. But when you're there in person, like people love Sammy and everybody gets behind. I mean, it feels like every time the entire crowd's behind him. If you watch the crowd, they're always invested in Sammy. He's going to be, yeah, like we say, main event, world title guy. I think he might be what MJF, of course, too, is a wild card. But I think Sammy may be the first guy to get the world title from the four pillars. Mm-hmm. He's just – Darby Allen had a TNT title run, but he doesn't feel like a world champion to me. I mean, he just doesn't have that je ne sais quoi that Sammy has. He's the entire package. And I, I'm so excited for him, so pleased for him. Can't wait to see what he does next. There's a lot going on for Sammy. We mentioned it before. This just really feels like it's meant to be Sammy's year. And 2022 has had so much promise for so many people, but for him especially, I think he's the one you need to keep an eye on in AEW this year. Yeah. Uh I mean, we didn't talk about him as much with the rising star, but uh that was because he's already risen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We knew it was coming. It was just yeah. I wasn't prepared for it to be, you know, three weeks later. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. Well, again, I think that's that's an interesting thing with AEW is that they kind of roll through these feuds so quickly that you don't have time to kind of savor it fully. Very rarely do they play the long game. And they really rushed through. Granted, uh, I, I don't know if this. I mean, apparently not. This was not well, not what it was meant to be um, with the interim title and and uh, you know, but but Magic did come out of this ladder match. But I do think Absolutely. that they just do have that tendency of going through feuds so quickly yeah. that you don't have time to really absorb and savor it and get invested in it as a fan. And that's why they then take these bigger measures of big types of matches um, that you know, are explosive and fun to watch, but then afterwards you wonder what's next. Right. Well, that's, that seems to be their bread and butter is they want to give us good matches that, that, that afterwards make you go, well, okay, so now what? So, um, I'm excited to see what the future is going to hold for, for Sammy as the TNT champion. Is that the network that they're on right now? Well, they're on CBS <laughs> yeah, now, so. but it's still the TNT yep. Championship. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> TNT t- Championship on Dynamite. It just makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of like it. Yeah. Uh, for all this AEW news and so much more, check in at LuchaCentral.com every week. They'll have your updates. And check in with us every week. We'll have your updates. Yeah. Heck, yeah. Well, Dusty, we did have some big AAA news come out this year regarding uh, Triple Mania 30. Yeah, 
Last week, AAA canceled their January 30th show in Merida due to COVID concerns in the Yucatan. They're under a yellow health warning. So that wasn't a great sign. But this week, they came back with some big news. We are going to have three Triple Manias for Triple Mania 30. Going back to the original four, if you were a fan way back in the day, they tried to do three Triple Manias for a few different Triple Manias. And it, you know, really gives it a big feel. It also, you know, spreads the money around, kind of mm-hmm. big yeah. boom for Triple I mean, it's a smart move. The first one will be held April 30th in Monterey. The second one will be held June the 18th in TJ. And the third one, I have October the 15th. I'm not sure that's right. Seems late, but October the 15th in Mexico City in the, you know, their normal Arena de Ciudad Mexico. At, yeah. Yeah. And the, the big thing is that they announced the Ruleta de la Muerta match where somebody gets unmasked and it's all big names. The, the people involved will be Ultimo Dragon, Blue Demon Jr., Psycho Clown, Pentagon Jr., L.A. Park, Viano 4, Kinect, and Rio de Jalisco Jr. And it's a lot of big names, a lot of possibilities. Uh, there's there's like th- three names on there that I, I would have said is ne- are never going to unmask. So I'm yeah. not sure who's going to get unmasked in this because yes. um, Kinect has not been unmasked his entire career. I don't see him letting that happen now right um, same with blue demon jr like blue that's demon, his yeah. identity and yeah i mean he's the he's at a weird point in his personal life where it, he might be convinced that it would work for him but he might also, just need the money yeah but also yeah. also not because it's blue yeah. jr so exactly you know and then um rio de jalisco like he if he was going to be unmasked he probably would have done it before now uh but he's the he's kind of the outside shot he's not as big right. as he, he could it would be shocking the fans would be genuinely upset by it but not so upset that they would riot so um yeah yeah <laughs> a lot of people think viano 4 will be the the natural choice because mm-hmm. he's kind of like why is he in the match? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like they really had yeah. to dig deep to get Viano 4 but with some of the stuff that's been going on recently, Ryo's recent appearance, I my outside prediction, I think Viano 4 might be the most realistic, but yeah. my outside prediction is that L.A. Park unmasks Ryo de Jalisco Jr. because that oh. would be huge. The yep. heel heat on Park would be yeah. insane. Yeah. He would be Rudo numero uno, and, and I, you know, I love a Rudo. And the ladies only, love Rudos. Everybody loves Rudos. You gotta have your Rudo. The only reason I don't like this, <laughs> and it's because I'm a cynical bastard. The only reason I don't like this is because I don't see L.A. Park doing that in a six-man match. I see him demanding that as a one-on-one match. But that's you know, <laughs> that's yeah. that's just my interpretation of where he's at in in his career. Like he he. He is, for those of you who don't remember, for over the indie roundup for the last, for the entirety of this show, he has been calling any legend out that he can for mm-hmm. a mask match. He's called out Roosh. He's called out 
Rio de Jalisco. He's called he's called out Psycho Clown, and we know <laughs> we know Psycho Clown's not losing that mask. No, no, he's the John no, no, no. Cena of Mexico. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. They make too much money. Kids love that yeah. mask. They love him. Love but, him. But I mean, anybody, anybody that he can, he's called out for an apuestas match, and uh, and and he's like the he they, he and and uh, and Doctor Wagner have been teasing an apuestas match for like the entire time I have followed their careers. <laughs> it's true it's literally been going on for like 20 years <laughs> anytime they're in the same city they they cut a promo on each other doesn't even matter if they're both working like it could be it could be dr wagner was just fishing with his kids and all of a sudden there's la park there going i'm going to beat you for your mask <laughs> I'm going to beat you in front of your children and take your mask. <laughs> Which he will then stand up and say, oh, no, that's not how this is going to happen. Hold my fishing rod, son. Yeah. <laughs> and I also liked how in all the announcements, nobody was ever like, do you think Penta's going to lose his mask? Like nobody even considered no, it. <laughs> that actually would be my outside pick. Really? I, yeah, so AAA owns the Penta name. Um, he's he's big enough in his career right now that he could lose the the AAA ownership of a character. Still do he could still do the skeleton makeup that he's doing, and and no, almost nothing would change for fans in the states, which is where he's making his big money. So I mean, it's not. It's not it's not big in my head that it's going to happen, but if you if you were to say who's the one you'd put five dollars in Vegas on, I would it would be on on Penta. Wow. Mm, okay. I've, I've heard Psycho Man, <laughs> or Psycho Clown rather, is very handsome, so he was kind of my my long shot. <laughs> I may but... or may not be able to confirm some of that. Uh... <laughs> Joe Barker told me that Pinta wasn't a very handsome fellow. So, but he's got but a very also... round face, according to uh, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, so I'm we not just sure. Kind of, yeah, I was gonna say now that he's just like, who's the ugliest? Who yeah. should be in this? Well, like, okay. a good looking <laughs> To uh, to to uh, help the fans that don't understand as much. Traditionally, uh, the losers of Apuestas matches, with the exception of Ultimo Guerrero, are usually <laughs> <laughs> it's usually the more handsome young man. Like that's usually yeah. what they do is they put the the that person will wind up losing the Apuestas match because they can still build a career off of being an attractive wrestling male and, and not necessarily have to worry about the mask yes, which is which is uh, just trying to uh, people who are less aware of the the kind of weird outside history that happens with this um mm-hmm. and ultimo guerrero is always the exception that everybody likes to point out when i <laughs> i say well, they, they unmasked the handsome man like, but as yeah. you talked about there's such a range of people i mean like cycle yeah. clown is really you know, the Cena of this, where he yeah. is so universally loved and popular. Um, granted, I don't Except know what everybody... on this show. Well, though, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know what everybody else looks like off with their with their mask, but I may or may not have some insight to confirm that he's a good-looking guy. Uh, and so, 
you know, take that for what it's worth. But then you have a mix of, you know, more of your, your legends like Ultimo and, and Blue Demon Jr. And, you know, people that you just would figure, no, they're never going to lose their masks. Uh, and, and then you have, you know, your, your heels like LA Park and Penta. And you wonder, well, how are they going to, you know? So I think that's kind of yeah. the beauty of this too is that there's an argument for everyone losing. Yep their mask and well, or not losing their mask almost anyone yeah they're i mean i i'm, I'm still going to be outright uh it's even with him being a handsome boy there is just no way psycho clown is losing his mask at this I point i don't think so no <laughs> i think it's one of the legends i don't think it's going to be ultimo dragon or blue demon jr i i think that it's somewhere in the yeah, la yeah. park Fiano yeah. for connect ryo de jalisco jr one of those four guys it's, i guarantee you it's not connect i'm just yeah. <laughs> it's just he's uh, and he came out of out of nowhere for this like he hadn't done anything with triple i know a, in a long least. time yeah. like it's been a while so I, 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 near as I can tell, that would just be him there to get a nice payday and, and some, uh, yeah, actually the last time we saw him in AAA was, uh, during the World Cup. He was on the other team, Mexico. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I, I didn't realize it'd been that long, but yeah. Makes, <laughs> I mean, I knew it'd been a while. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, cool. I mean, it's possible that he did something in between then. I don't remember it, but I very firmly remember him being at the, the World Cup, so. And he's won a lot of Apuestas matches, too. Uh-huh. Like, a uh-huh. lot. And so, if there's anybody that had a chance to lose <laughs> it and didn't take it, like, yep. yeah. So, I, I, I would agree. Yeah, I think, yeah, very unlikely to be connect. Yeah, I, I, I I just don't see it. I, and, but this is why this match announcement is good and why them announcing it so much ahead of, of Triple Mania is because is everybody's going to have an opinion on this. Uh, you know, and, 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 uh, people like me are going to be going, God, maybe they really will do Psycho Clown. Wouldn't that be great? I will be Again. here. <laughs> Then it goes back to maybe everyone is a potential. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an argument for almost everybody. But that's why this is, I say this is a great match announcement. I'm super excited for this. Um, I'm excited that one of the three nights is in Tijuana. So, like, the the West Coast fans, Mm -hmm. that's a good chance for you to go see a Triple Mania. Like, I don't know what COVID's going to look like at the time, but if if it's an even remotely plausible, this is this is your best opportunity to see a high end AAA card uh, at a, in a really accessible location. Yeah. And also this year, all the AAA pay per views are apparently going to air on Fight. Like they're still sticking with that, so hopefully we'll get access <laughs> to all three of these. Uh, they've stuck with their position of we didn't know we were being sued what are you talking about i meant to ask i meant to ask are they still on facebook as of this week uh let me check they were (laughs) earlier this week like they were a couple of days ago but i haven't looked and i feel like this should be a part of our weekly segment just we dusty tunes into triple a's facebook page and says if they're still there or not i mean yeah looking at it right now they're still there still Still got videos (laughs) They even have updated news. They have, you know, the, the, the uh, information of the uh, Triple Mania 30 uh, announcements, yeah. all of that. So, uh, it's exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, for all this AAA news and more, check back next week. Same Lucha time, same Lucha channel. Also, LuchaCentral.com, your, your place for all things Lucha Libre. Well, in the tone of this week, last week, and, well, everything that's in between is this week and last week. Uh, but MLW, Azteca uh, Underground. Ooh. We're going to be starting off with uh, just a quick roundup of what happened on last week's show. Uh, a few pretty big street fights. Uh, but first, we had uh, the team of Aerostar and Drago versus uh, Rivera and Boogie 5150. Uh, that actually came from a week earlier where the 5150 also successfully uh, defended their tag titles and had some heat with Aerostar and Drago, uh, that ended up coming up after the match, uh, when they came out. Uh, but 5150 was successful with their, uh, tag team finisher, which is a code breaker suplex combo, um, that I'm digging from Super Slice cool. and Vera. Yes, yes, it's pretty, yeah. pretty good. Um, now I have to preface also this week too was in that crash, uh, indoor setting. So they've kind of alternated weeks where, um, they take content that was filmed with the crash show and then also, uh, content that they filmed outside of that. It was kind of a smaller outdoor venue. They seem to be kind of, uh, doing, uh, alternate weeks where one week they'll be showing clips from the crash show. Another week they'll be showing clips from, uh, the outdoor show that they filmed and so this last week's um was part of the crash show and with that um you did have a match between toto who is the crash junior champion and proximo um proximo won that match with a lovely spanish fly and a great um just offense between the two um again they're not necessarily any of the bigger names that mlw fans are used to but i think it was a great lucha libre match to get mlw fans more acclimated to lucha libre and then from there we had two of our kind of uh, big fights of the night we first had richard holiday versus pagano in a barrio brawl match and this is on more of a storyline between the dynasty and uh, Cesar Duran. Uh, Cesar Duran set this up as a way to essentially punish Richard Holiday and Hammerstone uh, for whatever tension that they have. Uh, Pagano ended up winning this match. Towards the end, Pagano, uh, one of, of Cesar Duran's um, henchmen, will you say, uh, distracted Richard Holiday, wrapped a rope around his neck, and then uh, Pagano won, hitting a haymaker. Uh, for the victory um, and really that match too started uh, the premise of it was pretty funny because Richard Holiday had no idea what a Barrio Brawl match was <laughs> yeah. as many of us did not so he's trying to figure out how to prepare what to do in a panic um, and he's led outside by um, one of Cesar Duran's henchman uh, to begin the match in which he has promptly thrown a chair in his face by Pagano. So uh, the the Weddle uh, perspective for Lucha Libre street fights is not always a good one. You always get yep. the short end of the stick. Um, and then for the main event, we had Mats Kruger versus Bestia 666 in a Tijuana street fight. Um, and this one was all done within the indoor spectrum, um, but commentary really discussed Bestia's uh, lineage um, with, of course, his father, his family, 
being uh, big, hardcore street fight type of, of luchadors, more of that brutal style, um, but also with the athleticism of a luchador compared to the big size of Mats Kruger. Mats Kruger did win. Um, he uh, ended up connecting with the full Nelson face buster um, into a chair, no less in order to win the match. So that's also a continuation of building Mott's Kruger to be this next big monster. Yeah. They want to make him a Matanza-like monster. Yes. I, I believe that as, and really that's a sign of it. It was great to see Bestia, um, on, on this week's show. Um, apparently this was the first time in several years that he had been on an MLW program, even though this was part of that crash MLW filming, um, you know, they did reference him previously being on MLW television. This week on MLW Azteca Underground, we had three matches. Uh, we started off with Adis and Black Tiger, in which Adis won. And I'm jumping straight into my favorite match of the show, and that was a big milestone as well for AAA and MLW. And this was the uh, series of filmings that was done outside of that crash show. And we had AAA Mega Campeon, Hijo de Vikingo, defend the title against Adamis. And this one, I mean, to have the AAA Mega Championship defended on ML, on an MLW program, um, I mean, we haven't seen that since the, the cruiserweight belt and all of that fiasco uh, defended um, and lost and then not acknowledge that it was lost. But that's, you know, we're not revisiting that. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah. Uh, of course, it's the Hijo de Vikingo. Really, I believe, is this uh, the first televised title defense since he's won? Is that, am I remembering things wrong? I, I am fairly certain you are correct that it's yeah. the first televised one. Yes, yeah, the yeah, first televised. There's uh, some, yeah, there's some weird, it's out of, it's out of joint here because this was recorded ages ago, which, mm-hmm. so I think it was also technically the first defense, but. Yeah. We're just now seeing it. Yes, so. yes, exactly. <laughs> and with the setup of this outdoor venue, one of the interesting things about this match was the utilization of the pillars. So you had pillars to uh, have this kind of canopy covering. And both uh, Adamis and Ihold de Vikingo used it in particular one spot where Ihold de Vikingo climbed up almost over halfway up this 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 pole um, in order uh, to do a blue moon onto Adamis and it was just so, so beautifully done and so effortless I loved the energy and chemistry that they had in the ring the entire time Ihole Kingo does everything and he makes it look so effortless and I think mm-hmm. he had such a great partner in Adamis for this um, and it, it's just a good matchup. Sorry. Yes. I just, that's when you told me that that was the match, I got super excited to see yes. it. Yes. Yes. Um, David Kingle did win. Uh, Adis did come out and we're continuing this Adamis Adis feud. Um, so, you know, it made sense, but it wasn't one where I think the distraction, um, made the match any less entertaining or made sense at the end. Of course, you knew Eho was going to retain, and it does fuel the storyline that we've continued to see between Adamis and Adis. Mm-hmm. And then in your main event, we had uh, the MLW World Heavyweight Championship being defended, Hammerstone versus Octagon Jr. Uh, of course, your boy Hammerstone came through with the win, and then afterward, he was attacked by all of Cesar Duran's henchmen, 
mm-hmm. private or, or hired guns, um, which only kind of continues this storyline of Cesar Duran going after Alexander Hammerstone. Yeah. I did want to go because un- unfortunately, because of the way the show breaks down, uh, we did miss the part that set a lot of this up. So for the fans who who are uh, kind of confused what's going on here, you had this whole silly storyline where Hammerstone didn't want gifts from Cesar Durand mm-hmm. or Cesar viewed that as uh, as as disrespectful. And then at the end of the show that we didn't get to talk about. We found out that Hammerstone was being held captive. Yes. And this is what was cool about this segment. Like, uh, Holiday rescued him, setting, furthering the feud. But there were other names on doors back there, including, uh, Killshot. So I just want to throw that out there because Killshot's name was on, on a door. So we might be seeing Shane Strickland show up as well at some point, which got yeah. me excited. But, uh, just, just so that people understand, this is what, they're doing a classic, uh, a classic, uh, uh, Lucha Underground style story with the, the evil, with the, the boss wanting to be respected and, and, uh, the, the kind of cocky Americans are not really falling in line the way they're supposed to. Yes. And even going yeah. a little bit further back, some of this also started at War Chamber where, uh, yeah. Cesar Duran had kind of offered assistance to Team Hammerstone, and in that tone was where we got the introduction or reintroduction of Matanza. Right. Um, so within that, you know, that kind of happened even before the offering of gifts. So it was almost where Caesar kind of said, now you owe me one. And that's where we've had a little bit, too, of the power struggle between Cesar Duran and Alexander. And Hammerstone, primarily Hammerstone, but also uh, Richard Holiday has been impacted by this by association yeah, as well. Dragged along for the ride. For He's the been getting dragged along, you know, <laughs> as well as trying to help his friend out uh, and and find him when he got kid, you know, kidnapped, <laughs> kidnapped. Uh, <laughs> uh, by by. The Durant henchmen. So there is uh, some news going around that we are heading towards the end of Azteca Underground, um, which is a little sad, but it also makes sense in understanding the taping schedule that they did in Mexico. They did not yeah. tape a whole lot. Um, of, of they pretty much had just these two venues: the Crash Show in Tijuana. And then this other venue that they had. Um, so it makes sense if this is kind of a, a shorter chapter in MLW, which is also the format that they do tend to record in. They have kind of these chapters um, and, and it's more of these short term um, stories. But I does hope that if they do end this soon, that, you know, hopefully we do see Azteca Underground somehow come back again um, later this year. Well, based on the match announcements we've gotten for the Blood and Thunder event in Dallas, it seems very likely that we're going to get more Azteca content. Whether they'll continue with it in this anthology format and have its own show, or if it just gets mixed in, is is the biggest question I have, but... uh, You've you've seen the match and you've gone over the match announcements on the previous. Yes, weeks. yes, yeah. and that and that <laughs> too. Uh, 
you know, that was that event was just actually last week on the 21st. Um, and so we will be likely seeing a lot of those matches on MLW television uh, within the next few weeks and months. Um, I do know, I mean, going back to also news of the week, some of the matches for Blood and Thunder were impacted due to COVID and uh, people being unavailable for the card. That included the big tag team match that was announced for the Von Erichs versus 5150. Um, apparently did not happen the way that they had planned, or I, I believe at all. Um, so I have not seen all the spoilers yet uh, for that. I'm waiting to get that more on MLW television. Yeah. So uh, we will be talking about that over the next few weeks. We will be talking about Blood and Thunder. I believe that those are going to be, as, as Brendan mentioned, whether that is under Azteca Underground or just another MLW Fusion type of format. Um, I agree that um, we are going to see at least more lucha on our our television um, from from MLW, uh, from Blood and Thunder, um, and possibly some of the other live events. They are moving forward with events, I believe, in Charlotte as well um, in February. And then, of course, you know, more. Uh, we will be waiting with bated breath to hear where else MLW goes this year in 2022. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunately it's a weird waiting game right at this moment. So um everybody has the best laid plans. We're still I'm still as long as we still get Expo Lucha <laughs> at the end of the year. Right. I, <laughs> I still I need to I need to make my reservations. That's one thing. As soon as, as the the new year hit, I knew I needed to start um, making my flight plans one way or another. So uh, I'm, I'm very excited about that. I believe, uh, tickets are still available for Expo Lucha. Um, while we're talking about that, uh, you could go and visit Expo Lucha on social media. I believe, uh, on Instagram, I know that you can find them at Expo Lucha Live. Um, and that gives you a link to expolucha.com. Uh, for information on tickets um, and talent announcements there. I know we didn't really talk about it earlier, uh, but with GCW, the world on GCW, uh, there was a great six-man trios match on that show with some people that were going to be at Expo Lucha uh, mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. So uh, I know that was pointed out by uh, Mass Republic and Expo Lucha on social media. So uh, again, it's it's coming. Hopefully we all get there. Hopefully everything happens. But yeah. uh, make sure to check out Expo Lucha on social media, Expo Lucha Live and ExpoLucha.com for your information. And with that, well, make sure you check out MLW. All of these episodes are free on YouTube. One hour long. Um, you can find the first three episodes of Azteca Underground on uh, on MLW's YouTube page. Um, they still premiere at this point on Thursdays, uh, but you can see all of the previous episodes for free on Major League Wrestling's YouTube page. And with that, we're going to send it off to Dusty with This Week in Lucha Libre History. That's right. It's time for This Week in Lucha Libre History. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera for information, birth dates, anniversaries, matches of the day, amazing videos, and even more. And it's all about Lucha Libre. And it's at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. 
Remember a couple of weeks ago when I mentioned that literally all of us at Lucha Central love Rey Mysterio and said we'd be talking about him again? This isn't deja vu. We're talking about him again this week because we chose SmackDown Live from January 22nd, 2019, when Rey Mysterio faced Andrade and a, well, it's very rare in WWE at least, mm-hmm. two out of three falls match. So that was, they did a few during the COVID pandemic era because Vince didn't want the wrestlers wrestling during commercial breaks, but they weren't really Lucha style. This was a Lucha style two out of three falls match. Great match. Selena Vega was banned from ringside, left Andrade to have to work harder and smarter to make up for the loss. This was also an incredible 20-minute match. It's a style we're not likely to see in WWE again for quite a while, uh, maybe ever. But until Los Mysterios break up, I don't know that we'll see two luchadors face each other again in WWE. And when we do, I seriously doubt they're going to have Dominic versus Ray in a two out of three falls match. Maybe, but I kind of doubt it. The match itself was great, uh, aside from the finish. I'll get there. But the first fall saw Ray attempting a top rope Hurricane Rana, but Andrade stopped him on the middle rope, jumped up to the top rope, and hit a power bomb off of it for an incredible first fall if you haven't seen a top rope power bomb usually people don't do them right andrade did it picture perfect i mean it was fantastic second fall came relatively quickly thereafter with andrade hitting another huge power bomb he attempted to hit a second power bomb only to have ray reverse it into a flipped canadian destroyer pile driver thing for a very strong second fall win But this is WWE, though. So instead of a strong finish or a definitive win, we had Samoa Joe show up and powerbomb Ray, causing a disqualification and getting Ray the technical win. Even with the non-finish, though, this was a really great match. And in my opinion, it's one of the strongest lucha matches WWE's ever put on because they just don't do this kind of Mm -hmm. thing normally. And very special circumstances that we got to see this. What did you think of it, Brenton? Well, I mean, I agree with a lot of this. Like, we're not going to see a traditional two out of three Falls Lucha match in WWE. I don't think again in my lifetime. Like, yeah. I mean, it's a weird business and anything could happen, but Vince McMahon does not seem interested in the Lucha product. American wrestling, and uh, at least American mainstream wrestling, and Lucha Libre have gone to very divergent directions, and they don't seem to really be crossing. Um, I did like that we got two really good falls out of this i knew it was going to because it was on free tv i knew Mm -hmm. it was going to have some sort of stupid ending because that's unfortunately what they do (laughs) um but we got everything and what what i found interesting in it is we can talk about this as a lucha libre match but the japanese strong style was super influential in this that power bomb off the top rope the destroyer reversal that ray did those are hard-hitting like strong style moves that were happening so these guys were effortlessly easy for me to say apparently effortlessly working their way between three styles of matches in this and and uh only the most hardcore fan really is going to notice, and that only makes it more exciting for that fan. It doesn't detract from from the match for anybody else. So I just I was 
I don't know. I don't know if uh, whoever was producing was just having a really good day or <laughs> or what, but I I want to know what magic happened on that day and congratulate somebody on on make, letting this match happen. Yeah, I I mean yeah. I feel that you could tell. I know there was a um, little blips. I know there was one attempt. I think there was a roll up attempt that that uh, Ray was trying to to do that didn't quite. Um, there was, I think he slipped somewhere. Um, yeah. That was the only little, I mean, other than that though, too, and even with that, like, as both with the, the legacy and professionalism that they have, you know, I think overall that they both too sold this element of Lucha Libre that they're both very invested in that fans could understand i think the casual fan could understand yes. and gravitate to um with both being from lucha backgrounds and families and it's, it's a huge part of what their identities are again what we've struggled with or what we've seen wwe struggle with is that acknowledgement and also making it something that's not hokey um, and I think yeah. that they did this perfectly with a two out of three falls match. And that's something, too, that is almost kind of an easy fix that they could try and do more often that could elevate uh, aspects of Lucha Libre with the talent that they have. Um, but they're, again, I think much more into those bigger, flashier type of matches, stipulation matches, you know, ladder matches and cage matches. And, you know, those are what that talk about you know bread and butter um that's where it seems like they have more of a a focus we hardly see that even a best out of series we don't see anymore um but it also is very fitting that this was on smackdown smackdown is known as the more wrestling show was was (laughs) yes that's true um but back in this back in 2019 it absolutely was viewed more as the wrestling show so i mean going back to to the ending because as dusty was talking about that it kind of made me laugh as samoa joe just kind of went through and and we didn't need a third fall which is a flip in this in the moment with the storyline it made sense but also it was one of those things where it's disappointing that you put this step there that and it ends up not meaning anything at the end. Yeah. So some of this is a little nitpicky, uh, which of course <laughs> is what we do, what, what, huh? Um, but it's also a sign of there's elements in this that can make work. WWE can make this work. They can do these things and it can actually go well. Why they don't do it, you know, again, maybe they do have to appeal for, to a larger audience. And if they feel like the larger audience isn't into this style of match, they're not going to do it. But I also feel like this was a great way of, of adding that and also having it meaningful for the two wrestlers in this match, yeah. too. The most disappointing thing was that we just didn't get to see more of it. Yes. Like, that's – everything else about it was pretty spot on. I was even okay with the, the Samoa Joe finish because, you know, like you said, it made sense in the moment. It also left them both uh, looking strong. So yeah. Andrade could, got to come out looking good. Ray needs still needed to look like a legend. So, like, yeah, there was nothing wrong with that. Just we need more of this match. Well, you can find this day in Lucha Libre on LuchaCentral.com. But wait, there's more. Brendan, can you let our listeners know what else they can find on LuchaCentral.com? Well, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Uh, January 25th was my birthday. So on that day in Lucha Libre, there also was 
an Eddie Guerrero title defense against six. So if you're looking for bonus content this week, watch that match. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a good one. I watched it this week. <laughs> I watched it just because it was on my birthday, and uh, Eddie Guerrero is still one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. So I just uh, – but I'll move on to this. We're going to – if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. Place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives and all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of all of that, it's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. So while we're still talking about WWE, let's get into (laughs) this week's NXT. And actually a little bit of last week's NXT. And the way that I'm probably going to talk about this is a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. (laughs) And this is all revolving around Legado de Fantasma. We've just been praying for them. Um, since NXT 2.0 has come about because, well, we didn't know what's going to happen with Legado de Fantasma. And what I would like to say is that I, and I believe the consensus is, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. It's a little yeah. bit of a mixed bag uh, with what we've been seeing. I mean, they've been in this feud with Zion Queen that's really been more about Electra uh, than Santos, which also makes you wonder, you know, who's kind of, who's the center point of Legado de Fantasma, but let's get into really the good and and the bad, or the bad and the good. Um, I'm going to start off with Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza. The good was that they were uh, featured again in this year's Dusty Tag Team Classic. They had a first-round match with a new team, the team of Idris Enofe and Malik Blade. Bad news, they lost their opening round match in the Dusty Classic for a team that went on to, I believe, with the semis last year um, against Lucha House Party. That now they got defeated in the first round to a brand new tag team. So, yay, NXT 2.0. Though I do love Idris and Malik, though. I think that's, that was a hard thing. I think that this is a great story and a great way to bring two people together. Um, It's, it, for first round losses, it's not a bad one. It's the yeah. a team that they're, they're obviously doing something with. So, you know, they're getting a positive rub from it. Yes. And well, some of that, a little bit of a distraction came from another good and bad storyline that we have. And that is Santos Escobar seemingly becoming the next challenger for the NXT championship. Uh, this has been going on for a few weeks where essentially, uh, Santos Escobar has called out Braun Breaker. Um, and uh, I'll go into this week's promo in a little bit because I feel like that was a lot more telling than what we've had, but, um, it, it 
was uh, rolled through starting last week, or not even starting last week. It happened the week before, too. But um, Braun Breaker was doing a backstage interview in which he was, you know, talking about being NXT champion. Electra Lopez rolls up. And before she really says anything, Braun Baker shuts her down, saying he's not into whatever she's there for. And then Santos comes in and says pretty much that he may be the champion, but really questioning if he's ready to carry this brand on his shoulders, which is what Santos is doubtful for. Um, so a little bit of back and forth between the two. That also then leads to, again, the inner. The interference and all that, or not the interference, but essentially Braun's uh, taking Santos out uh, of that tag team uh, classic match. And then this week, we have a, a promo by Santos on Braun, and Santos talks about how much he despises him, but he almost sounds jealous because he did acknowledge, you know, that he's mad that Braun got the, that, the NXT championship before Santos. And then um, also then when Braun comes out, the acknowledgement of the fact that they both come from wrestling families. Um, but it's very different. The, the demeanor and family arc, you know, structure between Santos and Braun. And then Braun breaks out the Spanish, told him to cállese. Which I'm, I was, I have to admit, it was, uh, it was kind of funny to see Braun. Um, Braun is someone who I think is continuously evolving on the microphone and somewhat almost like a Brock Lesnar like where he can throw out funny parts when you least expect it and it makes you laugh. Um, and so I feel like that's, that's the closest analogy I have for Braun. Um, but, as they're about to leave, Legato, both Santos leaves, then Electra, but then Raul and Joaquin try to jump Braun uh, as they're leaving. It doesn't work. And then later on in the back, Legato does a promo where uh, Joaquin and Raul jump in and pretty much are upset that Braun had disrespected uh, Santos and pretty much propose a, a match uh, against Raul and Joaquin. But Santos says, well, you don't. I'm two on one. You don't have anyone to back you up. But yet when they have a confrontation in the back, Braun gets some unexpected help from Tommaso Ciampa. So uh, next week we are going to be seeing the team of uh, Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa versus Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde. And uh, that will be a great match. Again, the bad news of it, you know, Joaquin and Raul are going to lose. But the good news is this could be another step in the direction of having Santos Escobar challenge for the NXT championship. And when you think about, you know, currently people on the NXT 2.0 roster that has experience, that has heat, that can make someone shine, um, Santos fits the bill. So, um, it's, it's one of those things where it looks like he will at least be around more in the immediate future for that feud. And who knows if it goes better than we expect, maybe that means, you know, we see Santos and other feuds, maybe the feud gets extended and who knows, but, um, you know, Legado de Fantasma, good and bad happening with them. Um, but at least they are on television. Uh, other quick notes, 
is that uh, I do think we do have the formal pairing of uh, Valentina Faroz and uh, Ulisa Leon. Last week on the show, uh, Dakota Kai faced Ulisa Leon and Valentina Faroz came to back her up. We've seen them uh, tag on 205 Live. Um, we don't really have much happening on the NXT uh, women's tag team front. So to have them now be more of an established pair is great for both of them. You know, again, the more connected you are uh, to a story or to a gimmick, um, you know, means that you have a, a better likelihood of surviving NXT 2.0. So uh, I believe that that's, that's a more formal pairing now. And, also on the women's front, uh, Raquel Gonzalez, she keeps getting propositioned by Cora Jade to become her partner for the women's Dusty Classic. And, well, Raquel Gonzalez is not interested. Uh, she's kind of fed up with Cora. She's been there, done that with Dakota, and she isn't really taking Cora seriously. So uh, that led to a promo this past week where Cora followed Raquel to the locker room, not locker room, uh, to the, to, uh, the gym. And tried to convince her, plead with her to be partners. And, and, uh, Raquel Gonzalez was not having it. And Cora tried her, her best even to try and uh, get one up on Raquel. And Raquel, uh, caught her pretty quickly. So next week on NXT, we will see Cora Jade versus, uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Maybe we get another odd pairing team out of this. Who knows? We have not heard yet. Um, the um, uh, teams for the Women's Dusty Classic, going back to the team of Ulisa and Valentina, it gets me optimistic that they will be one of the teams announced for uh, the Women's Classic. But again, don't hold your breath. Uh, but it also means that we could see a pairing of Raquel Gonzalez and Cora Jade. Ooh. So... Who knows? I mean, also, there's lots of speculation of uh, Raquel Gonzalez and where she's at. If she's out the door of NXT 2.0, we have the Royal Rumble happening this week, which I know we'll discuss in just a few short moments. Um, and, you know, the Rumble has been a place where we have seen some NXT superstars make their appearance and kind of that jump. Um, it seems like, you know, one of the more natural fits in this time would be Raquel Gonzalez. So who knows if her time in NXT 2.0 is coming up soon, but, you know. I, mean, uh, I feel like that's where they're going with Yeah, it, me too. Yeah. Well, and if she feuded with Becky Lynch in her first big thing or somebody, I mean, not necessarily Becky Lynch, but somebody bigger on the Raw or SmackDown women's roster and lost, it wouldn't be a huge deal. Yeah. And because nobody expects her to come in and win her first feud, but her size and her ability make her such a legitimate contender against mm -hmm. them that you wouldn't be sure who was going to win. There's no yeah. telegraphing of the winner there. So that, yeah, it would add a lot to either program's women's roster. Yeah. If it weren't for the fact that they're still doing weird, spooky stuff, I would want to see her feud with Alexa Bliss because – that is an incredible pair. Yes, of, yeah, the size but, differential. Yes. We yeah. kind of saw that they want to work her that way with Nia Jax, but to have her with somebody that could actually work like Raquel would be a, a big right? difference. Yeah. I mean, light, right? night and day, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's the first thing we're going to see because they're still doing other stuff. Yeah, this, her, but, yeah the yeah. supernatural thing. Yes. Yeah. But, but that was my thought. I did want to, since we, we, we went out of our way to say this and talking about the WWE, 
Legato del Fantasma, who we were talking about in the NXT segment, is our only other option for Luchador versus Luchador match anytime in the future. Absolutely. Just, that's yeah. it. Just, <laughs> yeah, that's the only match is Luchador versus Luchador you can look forward to is when they split up the Mysterios and when they split up Legato. And both of those make me sad. Like, I don't want to see <laughs> yes, that happen. Exactly. <laughs> Well, do not forget, you can find your NXT results on LuchaCentral.com. And you know what? We're going to keep this WWE train rolling. Dusty, let us know what happened this week in WWE. Yeah, well, again, kind of this week and last week. Last week on Raw, Ray was dressed as Batman. He and Dominic teamed with the Street Profits against... Uh, the Dirty Dogs, and Apollo Crews with disease. This was a fun and quick match. There was excellent tandem work. Uh, There was a tandem 619 from Ray and Dominic to the Dirty Dogs. Montez Ford hit a frog splash, finisher so hard on Apollo Crews that he literally bounced about six feet in the air off of Crews' chest, all the way up to the top rope, and he had to scramble back for the pin. It looked legitimately painful. It was really a remarkable spot like you could see how that was a a finisher ray was sloppier than we usually see from him in matches but we had a cool spot at the end where ray and dominic flipped the street profits over the top rope and then ray flips dominic over the top rope to be the last man standing kind of building up to the royal rumble and then this week on raw we saw the mysterios team against street profits but in between last week's match and this week's match, Ray was announced as the cover star for WWE 2K22, yes. the video game dropping in March. So you knew he was getting the win on Raw. Like, they're not going to have their cover star lose. And to wit, the Mysterios won the match. But the momentum in the match, the the vibe, the Genesis quality, they were never there for me in this one. They've had better matches. It just wasn't there. Post-match, Dominic tried to toss Ray over the top rope, but then... Ray was able to turn it around, toss Dominic out. The Profits came, threw them both out of the ring as Dominic got back in. But then the Street Profits got tossed over the top rope by Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. I don't know what WWE is doing with Ray or with Dominic. But at least (laughs) Ray's on the cover of 2K22. Hopefully it's a better game. It's not the dumpster fire that 20... 2K20 was. That yeah. was a, a bad game. About yes. 2020 was awful, and that video oh, game boy. was no exception. Yeah, that should have been our first sign that nothing good was coming in 2022 or 2020. Uh, 2022, they have shown no gameplay. Like that was one of the biggest concerns and criticisms with 2K20 was the gameplay. They've shown no clips of the gameplay for 2K22. So there's a lot of people that are trepidatious about going forward with the video game, but it didn't seem being the cover star doesn't seem to hurt anybody's momentum regardless. Good push for Ray. I have a feeling that this is the beginning of Ray being seen as more of a legend rather than an active performer. Maybe not necessarily, but I mean, the first time I saw Ray Mysterio on TV was, I believe 1995. That's 27 years ago. He's been at this for a long time. It looks to me like he's going to wind up his career in WWE. We will probably see something from him in Mexico thereafter, you know, appearances at least, maybe not actually wrestling, but getting involved in a match in one way or another without having to hit any huge spots. But I think this is going to be, like I say, the beginning of Ray's 
transition towards becoming a legend. So if you want to get out there and see Rey Mysterio wrestle in person, try to get out there now because this may be your last best chance. Yeah, definitely. I mean, don't take it for granted that he's going to always be there. He's mm-hmm. He's going to have to slow down at some point. He still looks great physically, but his knees have always been an issue for him throughout the years. And, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think this is kind of the beginning of his retirement, and he's going to put over Dominic, and that'll be the the swan song. It's kind of poetic in a way. I love the story, but it makes me sad about Ray. He's one of my yeah. favorites. And But it's it's exciting, exciting momentum for him right now. And I'm glad that WWE sees the value in Rey Mysterio because they wouldn't have put him on the cover of the game if it wouldn't help sell games. So they see Rey Mysterio as one of their most marketable names at the moment. And that's good for him and good for us as fans. Well, that does it for this week's Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Do not forget to check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can follow Lucha Central on social media as well, at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram, and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. Of course, you can check out Lucha Central's YouTube page as well that has hours of exclusive content like matches and interviews that you're not going to find anywhere else. And while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Dusty, where can our listeners find you? I am on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy, and I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy. And Brendan, where can our listeners find you? I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the numbers, 321. T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. And I'm all over the Twitters. And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. And if you are listening on your favorite podcast streaming platform like uh, let's say Spotify, Google Play, <laughs> iTunes, Podbay Speaker. Go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe, and that way you get a notification every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops. You can leave us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know your thoughts on the show, things that you like that we cover, things that you don't like, things we should cover more, things that we should cover less. Whatever that may be, let us know when you leave us a review or if you reach out to us on social media. And with that, it's good to be back, you guys. Thank you so much for being with us on this week's episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. We will get you next week. For Brendan Barn, Dusty Murphy, I'm Miranda Morales. And thank you all. And we'll be with you once again. Next week.